0: What's up, friends? Welcome to Web3 Academy, a place for entrepreneurs, creators, and marketers to explore and learn how to use Web3 to transform business models and create thriving communities. Enjoy this next episode. GM, GM, what's
1: up, friends? Thanks for tuning in to the Web3 Academy weekly spotlight, where we spotlight a Web3 doer. Uh, And today we are super stoked to have Lisa Seacat DeLuca on the show. Welcome, Lisa.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah, we're super excited to have you. What's up, Kai? How you doing, my man?
0: I'm great. Hey, friends. Good to be here. Excited to talk Uh, to Lisa and you, Jay, of course.
1: Oh, thanks. Thanks so
0: much. Uh, So uh, let me just read through
1: Lisa's bio here. You're going to want to listen to this. This is an unbelievable bio. So, so excited to be chatting with you today, Lisa. So Lisa leads engineering and product management for Web3 Identity and login at Unstoppable Domains, uh, where they're innovating the future of the decentralized web. Uh, She is also the second most prolific female inventor in the world as a technology executive for the past decade. Lisa brings emerging technology to life, Uh, She is an inductee into the Women in Technology International Hall of Fame, and she's been featured in LinkedIn Top Voices in Technology the last three years. She's also a TED speaker, a self-published author author of two children's books, and her innovation portfolio includes over 800 patent applications filed with the United States and abroad, of which over 600 have been granted to date. Uh, The subject of her patents include um, cloud, mobile, Internet of Things, social security, AI, machine learning, commerce, uh, and so much more. Uh, Couldn't be more excited to discuss all these things with Lisa today, um, and uh, really to be focused on the themes of digital identity uh, and what that means in Web3 and how that's different from Web2. But Lisa, I just sort of want to start. You've got such an amazing background. I want to give you opportunity to sort of tell your story. And I'm curious, were you always an inventor? Where did you get that sort of uh, innovation, invention um, mindset from?
2: You know, I definitely as a little kid, I was always curious, wanted to know how things worked and thought about not just how things work today, but how they could work in the future. So I do think it starts as just having that childhood mentality of you can do anything, but um, innovation is why I'm in Web3, right? Like <laughs> this is the cutting edge of everything that's going to be the future of technology. And I'm so excited to be here and just helping to innovate what the future looks like for us as consumers is interacting with the web.
1: Amazing.
0: Lisa, you're the uh, sister or what's the relation to Anna who was also a guest on our podcast <laughs> uh, maybe a month or two ago, same last name. And I think she introduced us to you. So I'm going to assume there's a relation there.
2: You know, we, we joke that we're sisters from another mister, right? Like, we have, <laughs> there's no relation. Oh, That's really? my maiden name. Yeah, um, I met her when I was at IBM and she was actually on my team. So um, we have a very close friendship and it's so fun that we're both in Web3 now.
0: Wow, so you're not related. Okay, I'm mind blown right not now. Not
2: related, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, she's my go-to. I talked to her about everything and she helped to convince me that Web3 was the right place to go
0: nice right on Anna
1: <laughs> so let's uh let's just give um a little bit of uh of your professional background uh for listeners without I mean there's so much to dive into so uh give us the uh the sort of the short version um and and bring us up to really unstoppable domains and what where you are today
2: Yeah, so I uh, went to college, computer science, graduated, did some internships, went to IBM where I was for 16 years. So IBM is a huge company, and I found that I could chase different technologies and still stay within the company. And I never thought that I would leave um, and became a distinguished engineer there, ran product management, really launched new products, and I had the freedom to fail and work on new, cool innovations And then um, the pandemic, (laughs) it's kind of like, you know, um, the great resolution, uh, resignation, right? Mm -hmm. And so I found an opportunity at Wayfair. I was like, I want to get closer to the consumers and really feel how regular customers interact with technology. And um, I ran customer intelligence over there. So it was all about identity, really. So understanding Mm -hmm. in users who are interacting with the site, tracking their experiences and building out that profile of what we know about them or what we can predict about them using machine learning. And when I was there, one of my mentors, Sandy Carter, she uh, changed in her LinkedIn profile that she was going to unstoppable. And I reached out and I'm like, what is unstoppable? Like, congratulations. That's so cool. And she's like, come work with me. (laughs) And so one thing led to the other. I talked to some of the founders and I'm like, I don't know. I just started at Wayfair. I don't, I don't know about leaving. And it's like, life's too short, right? Like this is the, where I need to be. And I was so excited about the mission of the company and what I could do as an individual there. So excited to be at Unstoppable.
1: Amazing. So let's, let's just dive into quickly while you bring up Unstoppable, what is the mission of Unstoppable?
2: Yeah. You know, the the mission of Unstoppable is really to give the power back to the users. It's ownership, which is all What Web3 really is, is individuals can own their data, who they're sharing with it, really start owning things, digital assets, that digital scarcity of NFTs and other things that are out there. Um, What uh, The cool thing about Unstoppable Domains is Uh, The domain name is unique for individuals, so it's not just a domain name, like you're not just launching a website, but it really is that key that you can use with you in the Web3 world. So you can have a human readable ID for crypto transactions, sending um, information and data to other people, right, today you have those long crypto addresses, you can use that human readable to just ensure that it's correct and you're sending it to the right person. Um, And what I'm building on top of it is, what are all the other data pieces that you can attach to it? Really building out what decentralized identity means and this idea that you get to decide what kind of data you're bringing with you across Web3. Mm -hmm.
1: There's so many threads to pull on there, and I think we want to get (laughs) into all of those things. Uh, But before we do, one thing we always like to ask all our guests is... um, what brought them to Web3? Uh, and, you know, we think it's so important to talk about the ethos of Web3 and the um, really the, the the foundation of what we're building here. And curious to know, um, yeah, what, what brought you in and what really sparked your interest? What did Anna that-
0: say to, to get you <laughs> to the other side? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
2: you know, to be fair, I had to Google it, right? I'm like, what is Web3? Like, <laughs> what is that? And, I I was doing a bunch of research just trying to understand more about what it really was. And I hadn't ran into it yet on a day-to-day basis, just living life and being on the internet and my computer all the time. And when I reached out to Sandy, she's like, this is it. This is your moment, right? We had web one, web two. Now web three is the future. And you are at this unique point in your life where you can have this opportunity to help innovate and shape what web three is going to be. So um, definitely this as an innovator, <laughs> like I have mm-hmm. to be part of this. I can't sit on the sidelines and watch as this new phase rolls by, so excited to be yeah. here.
0: So for the listeners who don't know what Unstoppable Domains is, um, basically this is, if you're ever on Twitter, you probably see a lot of people with their names that are like .eth.crypto.nft. I don't know, soul. .whatever. Uh, it's basically that. And, and like you said, there's a lot of utility towards this, which I think we're going to dive into a lot of what that means um, later in the show. Can you just sort of give us the like breakdown of I think when we think of domains, we think GoDaddy, probably. That's like the main one. Um, and that's a domain where you can get to a website. Um, but Unstoppable Domains is different. It's not just a domain. There's, of course, a bunch of utility with it, but it's it's an NFT, right? Can like, you just talk us through like what exactly this thing is so we can kind of have an understanding?
2: Yeah, no, you've got it. And some people do host websites on it. You can do like IPFS so that you can host a decentralized website so that you can do share it to someone and they can resolve it in their browser. But most browsers out of the box don't support those TLDs, right? So you could install a plugin for Chrome so you can have access or have like a native Opera Brave browser so you can support it. But like you said, it's really that identity. Who are you on the web three and all the D apps that you might interact with. So um, yeah, I hope that answers your question.
1: (laughs) And so, what that means is, and to use the sort of the, the original web uh, analogy, is uh, when we first created the web, people used IP addresses really as their as often as a way to find their website, right? Because um, that was just what we knew. And you know, we didn't know any different yet until we came up with domains. And then domains just made it much easier to find stuff online, right? Like who can remember, um, I actually don't even know how long IP addresses are, but they're, they're long. And now we have crypto wallet addresses, um, which are much longer. Uh, so who could possibly remember their crypto wallet address? Well, um, that makes it very difficult to, to find things online, right? To, and to remember these things, which causes obviously a lot of problems for us, right? Especially as we build this out. So, and. An unstoppable domain is an opportunity to have that that simple-to-remember address for your digital identity. Am I explaining that right?
2: Yep, you got it, right? Especially when you're thinking about large transactions, sending thousands of dollars worth of crypto to someone, you want to make sure that you're getting that crypto address right, so if you use that human-readable, it's much easier and... You know, this idea that it's an NFT, so it's built on a smart contract and you can build on top of it. So you can store other data or you can reference on-chain and off-chain data to really build out over time who you are as an individual and take it with you. That's the piece that I'm the most excited about with digital identity.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So these domains, they're not their own wallet, but they you basically integrate wallets into uh, this name. And can you integrate a bunch of different wallets or like, how does that work? Because like, I don't know, for me, for example, I have multiple wallets that I use for different reasons, right? Uh, right now I have a .eth domain, sorry, not unstoppable domains one, but I just, I bought that a long time ago and I have a wallet integrated into that, but I do have other wallets. Can I integrate multiple wallets and maybe even multiple different blockchains into the same um, name or how does that work?
2: Yep. You got it. And a lot of people like to have multiple domains for different wallets, just so they can easily remember, right. Which one you want to use for your NFT collection versus maybe crypto right. DeFi use cases. So there's a lot of different opportunities there and you can also switch between your wallets. So absolutely. And you need an unstoppable domain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: we, we yeah, do. But... We do own a few, uh, our, our company together owns a few, uh, but, okay. uh, but we don't we don't personally use them yet, so uh, yeah. don't, don't don't kill us. We'll do it by the end of this podcast for sure.
2: I know. Hopefully, I can convince you. I mean, Unstoppable Domains. You buy it once, you own it forever. ENF yeah. domains. You have you're renting it, right? So every year you're going to have that renewal fee. You're going to have to pay gas in order to continue to own it over time. Um, and we attach all the digital identity, all that information that you can share and use for login across different D apps. So.
0: better (laughs) can you um just explain a little bit you touched on this before where if you want to use this as a website you can but it only works in a is it a decentralized browser or i'm not sure exactly what you called it but like so right now if you try to use these on just your google chrome or whatever nothing appears like nothing comes up but if you do it inside your like metamask browser for example it works I don't really understand what that is and i'm really really curious i was actually trying to figure this out like just the other day with a friend can you just walk me through what that is and what's happening there and why do i need a metamask browser or like a decentralized browser versus the the typical version
2: yeah it's really more about the company that's owning the browser that's deciding whether or not to support the tld so the tld top level domain Crypto.x, those just aren't supported yet. <laughs> hopefully, uh, okay. over time they will be. And that's why you need a plugin, like a Chrome plugin with unstoppable domains. That way it resolves those TLDs that aren't out of the box with Chrome. But hopefully, eventually, <laughs> Google will get on board on Web3 and start supporting. I heard that they just opened a new division dedicated to Web3. So I see it coming soon, but you know, not soon enough.
0: Okay, that's so it up.
1: Let's talk about, let's just zoom out for a second. Let's let let's talk about digital identity and what, what did Web2 do wrong with digital identity and sort of like, how did we end up where we are now? And then what is Web3 and the technology that's built upon blockchain and cryptography, what does that allow us to do differently with digital identity?
2: Sure. No, um, Great question. I'm sure all your listeners know the difference between Web 1, Web 2, and Web 3. I think the best definition I've heard is Web 1 is static. Web 2 is you as individuals start interacting with the website. So think social media sites, being able to like things, post things, just share your data in return for free service, but you get all these advertisements. (laughs) Um, Web 3 is the websites interacting with you. And that's where it really comes into digital identity is this idea that what are you willing to share with these companies in exchange for maybe some custom experiences, something on the site that's that's unique for you. Um, with Web2, nothing was really wrong, but there are some central companies that are making a killing, right? The amount of money they're generating from advertisements, just from our data as individuals is, is crazy. So Web3 is this idea that, individuals now own their data and they should be rewarded so how do we turn the tables to where you get some sort of discount some some sort of reward for being willing to share your data and um, Mm -hmm. still get the cool services and social media sites and everything else that we're going to start seeing with the decentralized web3 solutions but yeah it's it's more power to the user
0: so basically it allows us to own the data rather than the companies that we're using and the applications we're using to own the data when you say data what data are we talking about here like what data do i want to own or do i own as a result of this uh maybe you can talk about like what's already possible inside of web3 wallets and using ensemble domains or even like dive into sort of the future of like where this might all go in terms of data and and how we'll own this
2: yeah no Realistically, we're gonna see more of a hybrid approach. We're not gonna see 100% of all data living on the blockchain because you don't want your personal information living on blockchain. So there's gonna be some solution where there is some sort of central repository of data that you keep private, maybe change over time. You don't really wanna share with everybody. where, where was I going with this? So with the, the web three solutions today, right? Having that ability to have a central kind of aggregator of your profile information, like unstoppable, and then plugging it into the D apps then say, hey, I wanna get access to this domain names, personal data. Then the individual gets to pick and choose say, yes, I'll share my name. No, I'm not sharing my address. No, I'm not sharing my age, but yes, I'll share my favorite color and my shoe size. That, all those data points are really up to now, the individual for sure, but also the D app that's deciding to store it either on chain or off chain.
1: Right. I can see already the potential application of that being related to commerce. Obviously, when you mentioned, you know, favorite color and favorite shoe size, rather than the current model, which is basically the the, the app that I'm using or the platform that I'm on Facebook, just. I mean, I'm going to put steals in air quotes, steals my data, but, but essentially builds this profile of me without me knowing, without me, you know, actively participating in that and then feeds me ads based upon that. Right. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is that in the future, the user can decide what they want to share. And it actually, it, it might be beneficial to share certain things with certain companies. Like maybe I, I think if I'm shopping for shoes, I probably do want to share my shoe size. Cause I don't want to look at shoes that you don't have in stock and you know, nothing's worse than picking out a shoe and then realizing it's, you know, it's unavailable. Right. So, okay. So we're putting a lot of power back in the hands of the user here.
2: Yeah. And what you're talking about with web 2 these companies are, they have whole organizations dedicated to machine learning to try to predict, you know, what the user is going to be most interested in, what they're going to click on, what's going to convert to an actual purchase on their website. And all of that is very complicated machine learning, you know, history of all of the events and tracking of what the individual has done. And now in the web three use case, it's, you're kind of training the system, right? Like Mm -hmm. rather than you being trained as part of these sets of, data points. Instead, you're saying, this is me. This is what I bring. This is what I care about. Now show me something that's relevant based on what I'm telling you about
0: myself. Right. The other um, important thing I think that comes from this is I think along the internet, it struggles right now to know like, if someone is a human or not a human, or if someone is like a unique human, right? And so we often have to do the KYC or whatever else and verify that we are human through ridiculous ways of like, uploading my electricity bill or something like that with like a picture of me and my ID and something written on a piece of paper. Um, I actually just wrote an article about this and how insane that is. Um, and so I guess one of this, one of the things that this does is it's sort of like you verify once you create your profile and now it's like, you've proven that you are a a unique human and this can allow us to do things that, I guess weren't really possible before in web two. Like, I don't know, maybe we can start voting for, you know, like when we have um, a new president coming in or something, we can vote because now we can prove we are a unique human and we can't just create a bunch of accounts. Maybe it helps with Twitter, which is just run by bots and fake accounts. Um, Is this something you guys are thinking about as well? Or maybe you can just like dive more into that.
2: Absolutely. I'm glad you brought this up. We just launched a new feature in our login product called humanity check. So we are partnering with Mm -hmm. an identity provider that, does government issued ID front and back of the ID, you know, it does use live camera to have you turn left and right and kind of do that selfie check that you are the person that's in the ID. Um, We went out of our way to not have access to any PII data for the user. So it's, we're only getting back a pass fail, like whether you're human or not human, but our identity provider still has the information to where we could do dedupes. So that use case of how do we give unique one-to-one rewards out to individuals so that it's not one person claiming a thousand rewards? Instead, it's that fair, fair um, way to look at things. And even if you look at a DAO, if you want to one-to-one vote, one person, one vote. Those use cases with KYC and humanity check start coming in. We have seen use cases from partners where they want to reward people based on you know being from a certain county, a different city. Like, how do you reward citizens? Um, so I, I think that we're gonna see a lot more of that and it's whether people are comfortable sharing that data and trusting the companies that they're working with with our solution, you know, because we, we store it, we're kind of the middleman to where now a DAB gets the pass fail and they for sure do not have any access to people's personal data.
0: I think one of the um, other areas that are often not thought of is like in many parts of the world, like it's difficult to even have a passport right or to even have like proof that you exist you know mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of countries in the world where there's a problem and they can't get banking um, services and other things because of that um, do you guys is this something you guys are thinking about or maybe you guys have already started to move into and do you see this as something that can support uh, many other countries around the world and help there
2: yeah, you know, we're starting with that pass, fail, humanity hey, check, but we'll get to full KYC support, especially when there's requirements from different governments of having certain types of identifiers and personal information in order to give people access and tracking crypto and all that, all that stuff. So I do see a lot of those kind of use cases coming to where, how do we enable regular people who, you know, for whatever reason, they can't create a crypto wallet, how do we support that in some way? lighter touch way of doing the identification. I do think there's trust and reputation that comes with these different identity providers as well. Um, People can game the system, right? You can hold up a doll, (laughs) move it around and somebody else's ID, right, a celebrity, there's ways to get around it. There's always gonna be that person who's malicious and trying to break the system. So by having multiple identity providers where for everyone you're passing, that increases y- your kind of reputation and your score as an individual um, over time and then saving it on the blockchain so it can be accessible for everybody. I think there's a lot of cool stuff that'll come from that.
1: Very interesting. Uh, so, okay, so one, One thing that Unstoppable is aiming at solving is this proof of humanity. Uh, Any, any other things that you guys are involved with or that you're seeing in terms of, you know, we had somebody on the podcast uh, last week where we talked about proof of education and proof of work, and we keep hearing all of these proof of, right? They're so (laughs) popular right now. Um, Mm -hmm. Where else do you see... uh, what, what other ones are you seeing? What other ones are you guys participating with? Uh, and then maybe we can talk more about the future, what we see down the road.
2: Yeah, that's where I want to get is this idea that we can aggregate some of these existing really cool solutions of, of proof of, of verifications and reputation scores. There's a lot of DApps out there that are already doing that, giving points for certain activities. Um, the proof of attendance protocol, POAPs, those are growing in popularity. Think of it as badging and LinkedIn where you can prove that you took some education. All of those, you can save them to the blockchain and then expose it through some universal profile that you're doing. You know, I love the use cases with NFTs and in real life events, right? Like showing that you own an NFT that's part of a collection and getting access to something in real life. Um, I think it'd be really cool to, to, you know, proof of breathing the same air as a celebrity or something like <laughs> <laughs> some celebrity gives out there, like, on chain badge if you were near them um just like <laughs> that's what people love is just to brag about the experiences that they've had in life and blockchain and nfts allow you to do that
0: right and I and actually, i can so see so go ahead I go Kat. For it. I was just gonna say, I saw at ETH Denver, people were, um, were running around where like, if you interacted with them and you like, let's say shook their hand or had a conversation, they would have a PO app and you could like scan their phone to like prove that you spoke to X person at, at ETH Denver. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, that's
1: super well, cool. And it also leads to um, building better communities because there's this natural connection we have to people who have had shared experiences, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if I know that you have been to a certain event or uh, if I know that you were at a um, a restaurant that I was at or uh, a festival that I was at, then there's this connection that we share, right? Uh, and that that leads to trust, right? Which, you know, I think you, you sort of mentioned before that misinformation is a big problem that we're facing. Um, And the more we have this ability to just to verify each other, then, you know, it's not just proof of humanity. It's also just this like proof of like, you know, your, what you've done in your life. That's similar to me that can lead to a deeper relationship that we can have.
2: Yep. I love that.
1: So go ahead, Kai.
2: I was just going to say that
0: I was listening to a podcast with, um, the founder of Unstoppable Domains. I can't remember his name now. What is his name? Matthew, Matthew Gold. Yes, Matthew Gold. And he was talking about how one of the the cool benefits of this is the ability to verify anything. He's like, not all the data needs to be on the blockchain specifically, but it's the idea that we can verify anything. And one of the use cases he gave for commerce was really cool was oftentimes we want to give rewards or a discount or something to someone who is like a first time user or customer at our business. Uh, but how many people have you know, signed up with one email to get this trial, canceled their Netflix account, and then signed up with another email, right? Uh, and you can just keep gaming the system. And one of the ideas here, where you can prove you're a unique human um, with, these, um, with these domains and with these wallets, and then basically now you can sort of verify that this person has never used your product before. And I thought that was a really cool um, use case of this. I'm just wondering if, uh, Lisa, you have any other examples that apply to businesses specifically of how they're going to be able to use this and how it's going to be able to better their either their service or their product or their relationship with customers.
2: Yeah, definitely the rewarding. Um, we've, we've heard that quite a bit. Reducing scam and fraud, you know, getting rid of those bots, those non-human people that are engaging with your site. Um, we're seeing that. The rewarding is a big one, as you mentioned. Um, it could come from the dApp itself to where they're giving new users or even people that have been there a long time, right, rewarding their... They're people that were there from the very beginning. So we offer, for example, free domains and you can check on chain activity and say, hey, has this person had a token associated with what this gaming, GameFi GameFi company might be? And how long have you had it? Did you buy it just because you heard this reward was coming or have you Mm -hmm. owned it for a month? Um, Mm -hmm. Those kind of on-chain checks, we're seeing a lot more use cases from our partners.
0: And will Unstoppable build the tools to be able to like like what you said maybe a company wants to know if you've ever had this token and like right now i got to go on let's say etherscan and like look that up and it's very clunky um is unstoppable domain building the dashboards for this or the tools for companies to do this stuff or are you guys just focused on you know minting the nfts for the domains and and that's kind of the the as far as you guys will go
2: no, we are we are on it. We're really excited about this. We have a new feature coming out into this month that is around badging. So we can kind of take a look at on chain activity and then provide badges. So for our UD fam, that's our community of unstoppable domains people, we can offer a badge that says I've got. 10 domains, I've got 100 domains, you know, like, <laughs> I'm a whale, and I have a 1000, <laughs> whatever those happen to be, and then have a different badge for that, as well as some of the popular NFT communities. But um, we're looking into other use cases, what, what badges could be useful for we've got our humanity check feature as well. But yes, the idea that you can trigger offer different experiences based on people's on chain activity is really cool.
1: Which and that sort of gets into uh, the UX problem that is we're all facing with Web three right now, which is causing a lot of issues around onboarding and a lot of fear and doubt towards Web three for the people who are just not as comfortable. So you are you're you're, you're participating in, this, in solving this UX problem then too. Is that correct?
2: Kind of, more our partners are are you know, managing the user experience on their side. I do think, you know, I'm hiring, we're hiring about two full stack engineers a month for our team. And I'm looking for the same skill set that a web two company is looking for. It's not like Mm -hmm. we're specific to blockchain or solidity contract Mm -hmm. writing. It's like, we're still having the same challenges that any web two company would have on the user experience side.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one thing that we we talked about briefly, and I just want to go back to, because I think this is such a, a big point, um, is the login. Login mm-hmm. sucks right now, <laughs> right? Like, uh-huh. you know, I, I don't know how all of our listeners solve it, but like, mm-hmm. you know, I've got, uh, yeah, I, I got, I got. Uh, you know, initially I had a Google sheet where I kept my logins and then these, you know, and then one password, well, then I had LastPass, last pass and then I switched to one password and, you know, and I still get confused. And now, and now my fiance, she's logging in and she can't find the login. And then I got to, you know, help her out with it. So login just, is just a mess, right? We all know the problem. Um, how is, how is it? Unstoppable Domains helping solve this problem that we all <laughs> want gone in our lives. Yeah.
2: You know, I think the biggest problem with login as you're describing it is the password and remembering your password. Mm-hmm. And with login with Unstoppable, all you do is enter your domain name and then it uses a crypto wallet like MetaMask or Coinbase. And it has you sign a message that says you are who you say you are. So you're not actually ever entering a password. Instead, you're just saying, yep, I allow you to access this on my behalf. So that part is really cool it makes it very seamless
1: so can we make sure this happens very fast it's
2: live it's out there how do we
1: push this no (laughs) but how do we get how do we get more DApps out there using this connect
2: yeah we've got 71 so far so right where you're seeing that connect wallet button we usually show up alongside a metamask or coinbase as a wallet option i think it's more educating that you know, why would you choose Unstoppable versus MetaMask? And the biggest thing is digital identity, right? Um, MetaMask is more of a handshake. It's like, yes, you can log in with my crypto address, whereas we're bringing with us ourselves to the dApps and exposing that extra data.
0: And with with this data, do you, I, my opinion anyway, is that, um, you know, we're not just... I think that we're going to end up being able to sell our data, right? So right now it's like uh, companies pay Facebook so that they can run ads and, and you know, Facebook uses our data to distribute those ads. Um, I have a feeling that not everyone's just going to go, I don't want to show my data. I'm going to turn all off kind of thing inside of our wallets. I think that governments and I think that companies, they really, really want this data. It's very valuable. And so I got a feeling there's going to become some sort of like open marketplace for data and you'll be able to put like limits where it's like I want at least this much for them to use maybe this kind of data or whatever Mm -hmm. is this something you guys are thinking about as well and and what are your thoughts on on kind of selling data or how that's going to be used or distributed in the future
2: we were on the same page I love this idea and I'm totally thinking about it it's basically segmentation in web3 like how do you get at the individuals that are willing to share their information and reward them in some way. So that use case of e-commerce, of giving a award to a first time user, you could do that, right? You can get all that history of a user and they're willing to share it in exchange for $20 off their purchase. Um, I'm not sure there's enough um, DApps that are offering or really care about that extra data at this point, right? They're kind of just, yeah, I want your crypto address. I wanna know your on-chain activity. Um, this is going to bleed over into web two and we're going to see more web two companies um, like those e-commerce big sites that want to get access to your crypto wallet and your history. And when that happens, that's when it's really going to explode in the whole segmentation access to users. How do we reward people for sharing their data?
0: Mm. And to the interoperability side of things. So um, one of the, the ways that I see this playing out is like, there's going to be a bunch of social networks or whatever you want to call them. Like right now, there isn't many of them. It's because like they're gated, they're trapped. Like once you have an account on Twitter, and you have a bunch of followers, like you're not going anywhere. There's nothing you can do with a a domain here in my wallet. Like I can just move from one to the other. So do you think that it's going to be like my, my wallet and my, my domain name is going to be my profile and that's my profile name. And I will, I will create all that there. And then I can just move around from all of these different social platforms and my followers will go with me or like, how do you see that sort of playing out?
2: That's exactly how it should work, right? It's, You work so hard as an individual to build your reputation, to get followers, to get that, you know, community around yourself as an artist and to have to start all over. I was looking at a a spreadsheet that showed, you know, the 20 most popular downloaded applications, and I think only five of them existed 10 years ago. So you're constantly Mm. having to reinvent yourself. And Mm. ideally, that's what Web3 offers is this ability to bring it with you to the new thing that pops up.
1: And so, what are we've we've talked about a, a, a few things that we'll be able to associate with our if you know if somebody out there bought an NFT domain through Unstoppable Domains, um, they can have their uh, their wallet addresses can be stored within there, um, mm-hmm. their proof of humanity can be stored within there. Uh, what are some other some other things that you see as what other data? will people mm-hmm. store within an domain, within an NFT domain?
2: Yeah, we've been doing a bunch of user surveys just to feel from individuals, like what kind of data they want to share, as well as the D apps on what kind of information they want to get at. We're hearing use cases around age. And even if it's a boolean of, yes, I'm over 18, I'm over 21, mm-hmm. um, those kind of use cases are coming up quite a bit. Uh, general location, what country you live in, um, We've got email. We have both an on chain and off chain email, right? So it's like a private email you're not willing to store on the blockchain, but you might be willing to, sh- to share it with a D app in certain situations. That one comes up quite a bit um, birth date, age, gender. Um, I see us as not being the only source of truth, right? Like, I, I don't think that that's in the Web3 nature of being decentralized. Like, we can't be. That Mm -hmm. would just be against all principles. So ideally what we're doing is we're aggregating from other sources. So as you, as an individual, like, oh, I'm really into this this game over here um, and I'm collecting NFTs or I'm collecting stuff that my (laughs) character has on, whatever those things happen to be in that gaming environment, the ability to take that with you to other games and share it, that's more likely what we're going to see is that personalization and customization on an end-user basis.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other one that I've heard uh, is um, credit score. Uh, in in the instance of um, all of these uh, pay and in installment uh, type products have become so popular over the past uh, few years. I can't remember the names of any of them off the top of my head. Sizzle, I think is one of them is called. Okay. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, that's a... A case where i don't know if you guys have ever done this but i i purchased a peloton recently and i did the pain installments for it uh and it was painful right like i had to go through all these you know steps so i can imagine if my credit score could be in in my nft domain and I, and then i can easily share that then it could make some a process like that so much faster and so much simpler yeah, definitely. And
2: people get scared when they hear about all the data that you mm-hmm. could save. Because right. it's like, what about my privacy and GDPR, especially if it's on-chain? How does that even work? You can't delete it once it's on-chain. It's there forever. So I think there's some education needed for end-users on what data they're willing to share and that balance of what's on-chain versus off-chain. And then um, making sure the user always has the ability to opt-in in sharing this data with different DApps so that you reduce the bias right? If you're sharing your credit score and your gender, maybe there's something wrong there. Like, Mm -hmm. Am -hmm. I going to be disqualified because I'm female or something like that? Mm -hmm. So just like making sure we're using this technology for the better of of the human race versus like to continue
0: to create silos. Mm So question for you that hopefully you can, can answer. So right now, I mean, I don't have all these options of putting in my and stuff into my wallet, but they do, I mean, I'm sure they can already track my data in the sense of like my transactions and things like that. When I connect to an app, a, a DAP, sorry, like Uniswap, can they already read my data of my wallet or like, cause I don't, I've never turned that off. I don't even know if that's an option in MetaMask right now. Like what's possible currently? Yep.
2: They can. Is If they have your crypto address, they can, look up all your history Um, but there's not a lot of extra data that's associated with the crypto address so that that's where really building out what decentralized identity looks like will be really important Um, for us it's a it's a scope attribute in login so you can turn it on and off as an individual of what you're willing to share
0: Mm. and this will be something you guys build or this is the wallet providers that we need to rely on to build in these features
2: We are already building it. It's live today. So you can go check it out. Once you buy your domain, it's just under the manage domain. There's a whole profile section where you can enter in all sorts of stuff about you that you're willing to share. And then when you do the login, that's when you're picking and choosing what you're willing to share. Sometimes it's a requirement, like the DApp needs access to your crypto address or they need access to your email, in which case you can choose not to log in. (laughs) Just say, no, I'm not going to log in. I don't want to share the data. But yeah, um, I could see crypto wallets trying to do something similar to what we're Mm -hmm. doing and offering additional profile data. And ideally we're just using that as another source and we're pulling it in as like, this is you, this is the built out version of you based on your preferences and what you want to share.
0: Interesting. So unstoppable domains, just a question about the company itself is a centralized, like normal Web two company, let's call it <laughs> normal. <laughs> normal. <laughs> um, I'm just curious. So when I buy these domains, of course, I'm buying as an NFT. So that's on chain is mm-hmm. like, is unstoppable domains going to become a web three type company or like all the data that I'm putting into unstoppable domains when I buy this? Is this on chain or is this stored on uh, unstoppable servers or like what's how's that work now? And what's, I guess, the roadmap of that?
2: yeah we are hybrid so there's very much a decentralized part of what we're doing especially with the nfts that we're creating that are the domain names login for example has some pieces that are still centralized but we've got on a roadmap this year to make it more of a decentralized solution so we're always thinking about that and keeping it in mind as we're developing new features and new products um so i'd say we're a hybrid company i say we're web3 <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's there's really no true, you know, pure web three company. There's always some sort of centralized data that you're going to store. And that's probably going to be a regular database. It's, um, but yeah, we'll get there.
1: So I'm curious, uh, you you mentioned, you mentioned this fear of privacy and security, and I know that Unstoppable Domains is trying to be a big educator in the space. Um, what would you say to you know one of our listeners that's like, okay, I think I, I want to go get an NFT domain or I want to start owning my digital ad- identity in this way. Any, any f- suggestions or tips you've had to them in terms of, you know, education or things that they should read or where to get started? Do you guys have a uh, an onboarding process or something like that that takes them through this?
2: Yes, definitely. And um, maybe I can send you some links after this to put in the recording, but it's really up to the individual and how comfortable they are and what kind of data they want to share. Everything's 100% opt-in. You don't have to put your name (laughs) dot X, right? If you're not comfortable sharing what your real name is, you can create your, whatever that version of you is, that's web three, that name. Um, And if you don't want to share information, don't. Um, We have some, you know, information about what's on chain and off chain. We make it very clear on what you're going to save. That's going to be on chain. So you've, you've got that visibility, but again, if you're not comfortable, you know, take your time and start playing. And as you get more comfortable, you can dive in more.
1: I'm curious what you, you brought up uh, uh, anonymity or pseudo anonymity, which we're seeing as such a big part of Web three. Uh, uh, curious to just get your your thoughts and your opinions that is that a good thing? Is that going to be something that's uh, you know going to help us in the long term? There's obvious you know negatives to it. I think there's both sides to it, right? Like I can really yeah. see both sides. What are your thoughts? Yeah.
2: You know, I've always been erring on the side of sharing more <laughs> like my grandma's like "Ah, oh, someone's gonna google you and find out where you live and I'm like if someone's like really malicious enough they can find me <laughs> <Like it's, laughs> no one's safe you can't hide from anyone but that said I do think there's varying levels of comfort for individuals and it's okay it's kind of fun to have this alter ego and like this this other version of who you are and and um you know what it is that you like and When you're collecting things and you're saving things on chain, I think it makes people more accountable. It really does build your reputation. You can't anonymously, you know, belittle someone or say mean things on Mm -hmm. comments and social media. It's like, that's going to go with you forever. So you've got to kind of think twice before you make decisions that could impact your own brand moving forward. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. That's an interesting concept is, is, these things stay with you for forever that doesn't happen in web two right like you can just move on to the next thing and oftentimes you just have to move on the next thing um and, and so that's really interesting is like let's say you're i don't know an airbnb host and you do a really good job and you get some good testimonials from airbnb that stays with you and people know you are good at i don't know providing a service right and now you can use that when you want to become an uber driver let's say uh and all of a sudden you already have a good rating instead of being segmented um I think that that has a big impact, right? The fact that, like you said, in social, it's like I can put this negative comment, but this is going to live with me for forever. So maybe I'm going to not say that instead. Do you think that this is going to help a lot or... How do you see that? I hope
2: so. I hope people (laughs) are are nicer in general. But yeah, um, I do think there's still going to be people that choose uh, anonymous or maybe this is the negative side (laughs) and they're still doing mean things online. But to your point, maybe they're not rewarded. Maybe there's some system Mm. that's like people that are positive and that are kind to other humans online can get some sort of benefit.
1: Mm -hmm. So. Let's shift over to a lot of our listeners are uh, either business owners or operators uh, or they're entrepreneurs that are thinking about starting a new business um, and they're trying to figure out how to use web three in their business. Um, So what would be your, your message to them? Like, what should they be thinking about in terms of, uh, you know, using the digital identity abilities that we're going to have? for their customers? Like how would, how would you recommend they approach that?
2: You know, go down the rabbit hole of learning web, web three. There's a lot of really good podcasts like your own and (laughs) there's, you know, YouTube videos. You can go and learn and see what people are doing in this space. Um, be the first and try out new things. I, I think that one of my favorite things about web three is just the communities that come with it. Mm -hmm. Like never would I imagine that I have access to everyone who's using our services and site and can ask them feedback and get that feedback in return. And this like reward mentality of like, you're all on this together. You really are a family. I think that part of web three is a lot of fun. So there's not a lot of downside for Mm -hmm. people that are starting a new company and trying to relate and hear that user feedback for them, make sure they're on the right track in whatever they're creating.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Can you, uh, as we start to wrap up here, I think uh, Jay's gonna do a speed round. So hopefully you're, mm-hmm. you're mentally prepared and ready for that. Uh, but I always like to just close out by, I mean, Web3 is is very new. Uh, we don't exactly know what's going on. We think we do. And we're uh, what's nice is we actually have the ability to kind of decide where it goes based off the of things that we create. Uh, So just curious um, whether these are your thoughts or unstoppable domains thoughts, but like, where do you see this in five, 10 years? Where do you see either like web three or where do you see like what unstoppable domains is doing? What are you guys talking about as you think to innovate and, and change the way that the internet works?
2: Yeah, more ownership. Just more ownership. I think that's what Web3 is, is ownership and um, that ability to prove your reputation, prove the things that you've done. Um, we see ourselves as helping with that verification, being that that third-party trusted that's saying, yes, this person did accomplish this thing or did have this experience. Um, you'll see a lot more of that, whether Again, even in five years, 10 years, I think we're still gonna see that hybrid approach. I don't think everything is gonna be decentralized. Mm -hmm. It's still gonna be pick and choose, especially with how expensive it is to decentralize everything. And it's not even beneficial to the user to have everything on the blockchain, especially Mm -hmm. if it's super private. So, yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, All right, well, before we jump into the speed round, Let's just give you a chance to do your shill. Uh, Anything that you want to say to our listeners of where either for yourself or for Unstoppable Domains?
2: Mm -hmm. You know, reach out to me. Feel free. I'm sure you'll drop my my Twitter handle or something. Mm -hmm. Send me a direct message. Everyone can get a free domain. We want more users. I'd love to hear how people are using it and what, data you'd love to share as part of your digital identity and help me as I'm innovating the future of identity within Unstoppable.
1: Cool. Sorry. What's this? Everyone can get a free domain.
2: <laughs> yeah. If you reach out to me, I will give you a free domain. Okay. Oh. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pulling up yeah. Twitter
1: right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Speed round. Um, first let's start with, uh, one uh, project or a creator um, other than Unstoppable Domains uh, that you're really excited about in Web3. It could be a DAO, could be an NFT, could be a protocol.
2: Sure, any, Unstoppable, anything. Unstoppable Women of Web3. It's newly released. It's all about education, getting more women in Web3. Um, follow them and see all the cool resources for women.
1: Amazing, amazing. We'll uh, we'll include a link to that in the show notes. And such an important part. Of the space right now, that is really getting some great focus. Although it is, um, you know, it's, it's getting more women into the space. We're doing a podcast uh, uh, in the next month. Where we're doing a panel with women, and it's uh, it's yeah, it's exciting to see that uh, all those all those projects going in that direction. Um, favorite person to follow on Twitter.
2: <laughs> um favorite person to follow i mean anna ccat i know you had her on the show she, <laughs> yeah. she's amazing i think she's doing some really good web3 stuff so web3 anna i think uh it's at anna ccat
1: cool cool um well, again we'll include we'll include the link in the show notes um your favorite nft that you own yeah that you own
2: I just bought my first one. Okay, <laughs> it really, nice. It was really scary. I'm like, it's kind of like getting a tattoo. It's like so personal and you like <laughs> have it forever. <laughs> like, and I I uh, purchased, um, it's called Surge. The project's called Surge. It, again, it's very similar, getting more women in education people just to learn about Web3. And um, I, so I only have the one and I really like it.
1: Nice. Awesome. Well, we'll, we'll put in a link to Surge as well. Uh, we'll see if we can uh, boost up the price of your surge today on the podcast. <laughs> okay, final question. Um, if you had a message uh, that you could put on a billboard to the world uh, about Web3 and the future, what would it be?
2: One word, ownership, right? They take ownership. It's, it's us. This is our time. Web3 is for the people.
1: This is our time. Yes. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Any, any final thoughts to share?
2: Thanks for having me. This has been really fun. And um, like I said, I'm here for the innovation. There's so much we can do here and it's going to be interesting just to follow your guys's podcast and see what other people are doing. And a year mm-hmm. from now, five years from now, all of the innovation that's going to come out of this
1: space. Yeah, we're we're beyond excited as well. I mean, that's that's the fun. And I mean, you mentioned before we got on today that you know you've you've only been in unstoppable domains for three months. So, you know, just bought your NFT first NFT recently. We started Web of Three Academy, what uh, less than two and and a half months, months ago. ago. Yeah, you know, so you know it's amazing how how quickly everything is happening. And it's so there's just an excitement and an energy, I think that we're all feeling uh, about this space right now that is, you know, not really like anything before. I mean, unless you go back uh, about 30 years. (laughs)
0: Lisa, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, Very much appreciated. And it was great to to pick your brain and maybe one day we will do it again.
2: I'd love that. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Okay. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you for listening to Web3 Academy. We hope this helps you along your Web3 journey. If it does, please share this episode and subscribe so you don't miss the next one. By the way, if you have yet to join the Discord community, you are missing out. This is where all the magic happens. This is where we learn, where we ask questions, where we network. Uh, you want to be in there. The link to join is in the description below. And finally, a quick disclaimer.